Welcome to the Rosemont Baptist Church Podcast. Rosemont is a thriving group of believers who desire to connect with Jesus and His church, grow in faith and understanding of God's Word, and serve in our local area and around the world. We are located in LaGrange, Georgia at 3794 Hamilton Road and invite you to attend any of our three services on Sunday mornings. Please visit our website at rosemontchurch.org for more information. And now we pray that God speaks to you in a personal way as you listen to this week's message from Pastor Adam Camp. Take your Bibles up to Psalm chapter 16. Psalm chapter 16, as you have probably already figured out, this is graduation Sunday for us. It's a day where we celebrate the accomplishments of our students, and they're all sitting back there in the back. And at the end of the service, we're going to bring them down front and recognize them and then have a special time of prayer for them as we kind of send them out into the world. But we, we want to congratulate them and their families, right? We know this isn't a solo effort. Moms and dads, we know the amount of time and effort and resources and finances you've put into this endeavor for the last many years and grandparents and grandmamas and granddaddies and friends. And so we hope today is a day of celebration. Our students and their families had a nice breakfast together early this morning in our fellowship hall and kind of a time to fellowship, and then we recognize them at the end of last service, and of course we'll bring them down this morning as we celebrate them. And so I've kind of designed this sermon specifically for our graduates and for their families, but I want to encourage you, even if you're not a high school graduate or not a college graduate this year, the Word of God applies to all of us, and there are always things we can learn and, and be challenged in our faith. And so this morning as we think about graduation and we think about our students, we understand, students, right, that there are big changes coming. Parents, amen, big changes are coming in a lot of ways. And, and you guys may not quite understand this yet, but, but those of us that have been down the road a little bit longer than you have understand that from about the age of 18 to 26 or so, the decisions you make in those several years, those eight years or so, are going to impact the rest of your life. Parents, am I right? I mean, the decisions you make in your late teens, early 20s really can make or break you. And so this is an exciting time for you guys, an exciting time for your families, and a lot of neat things upcoming. But I want to challenge you this morning because you guys are about to walk off into a college-type setting. Some of you, some of you are going to be kind of going ahead and embarking on your careers, jobs. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities for you, and there's a lot of choices that you're going to have the chance to make. When you're living under the umbrella of mom and dad, sometimes those choices are limited, right? Sometimes those choices are very limited. And the older you get, the more choices you have. And then when you move away, choices really expand and you get the opportunity to make some choices maybe you didn't get a chance to make when you were a kid or a little bit younger. So I want to think this morning about choice and I want to do it based on the word of God, right? Because the Lord gives us understanding the Lord gives us clarity. The Lord helps us understand how we should choose and more specifically, how we should live our lives for him. So let's jump right into Psalm chapter 16. David is writing in this psalm about taking refuge in the Lord, trusting in the Lord, following the Lord. Then at the end of this chapter, he's gonna give us some very specifics that I pray speak to our graduates this morning, but also will speak to all of us. So Psalm chapter 16 Beginning in verse 7, David says, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel in the night. Also, my heart instructs me. 
I have set the Lord always before me because He is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Here's the first truth I want these students to get. I want the parents to see it because they can undergird this and help the students live their life for this. And it's true for all of us. Number one, we should seek the Lord for guidance. We should seek the Lord for guidance. Now, you probably already know this, but there are a lot of things in life we can look to for direction. And there are a lot of things in the world that pull us away from the things of the Lord. And there's a lot of choices that we have to make. We need to remember, students especially, but all of us, that we need to put the Lord at the foundation of who we are. We need to put His Word at the foundation of how we live. And we should seek Him for direction and guidance above all other things in life. Now, David brings this out in a couple of verses. Verse 7, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. Verse 11, you make known to me the path of life. And we have to make this decision to follow the Lord, right? It doesn't happen naturally. We, we don't just naturally gravitate towards the things of the Lord. In fact, we naturally gravitate away from the things of the Lord. And so there's this idea in verse 8 here that's awfully important for us. If we're going to look to the Lord for guidance, if we're going to look to the Lord for counsel, if we're going to let the Lord guide our path, verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me, right? There's this idea of intentionally setting the Lord before me, intentionally seeking the Lord, intentionally allowing the Lord to guide us. Why? Because He gives us counsel, He instructs us, He makes our path known. Now I want you to kind of think through this with me just for a second. This is kind of a, a, a simplistic way of thinking about this, but, but life can kind of be broken down into two different ideas, right? And I say this a lot. You can either please God or you can please self. You can either please the Lord and what He calls you to do, or you can please self. And if you're like me, Adam knows what Adam likes, right? And I understand the things I want to do. And so my default is I want to please Adam, right? I want to do the things I like. And so I have to set before my face the things of the Lord. I have to be intentional about the things of the Lord. I have to be intentional about studying and reading, and praying. Because if I don't, I gravitate away from the things of the Lord, and I gravitate towards self, because I want to please myself and do the things I want to do. Now, students, I think some of you might be thinking like this. It's not uncommon for a college student to kind of have this mindset. You may think something like this. Listen, I'm going to go off to college now, and I'm going to, I'm going to kind of have some fun for a while, right? I'm going to live the way I want to live. I'm going to party a little bit, and and uh, just have some fun for the first several years. And then when I finish school and I graduate and uh, I get married and then I settle down, then I'll kind of turn back to the things of the Lord and I'll seek Him. But, but I'm going to kind of live my life uh, for fun now and do a lot of crazy things. And then one of these days I'll kind of turn back to the Lord and, I, and I'll trust Him a little bit more uh, once I kind of get a little bit older and find my spouse and, and settle down a little bit. You need to understand 
that as you make decisions to step away from the Lord, it might take you years to recover. Parents, amen? And you guys don't understand this yet because you're, you're still getting there. You're learning, you're growing, you're maturing. But you need to understand the decisions you make. When you decide to stray from the things of the Lord, you decide intentionally to set aside the things of the Lord to kind of live life for a while, it might take you decades to get back. I've had the conversations, and you know, and you know the people, and maybe it was you. But you make a couple of bad choices, and you stray, and it takes you 15 years to return back to where you were. And so we need to be mindful as we're living, as we're trusting, as we're seeking the Lord for guidance. We need to please the Lord and not self. Because here's what you need to understand. Your journey in college is going to be probably a little bit different in high school. And here's what I mean by that. You're going to encounter when you get to college, as you think about choices you have and decisions that you need to make, you are in college going to encounter professors and teachers that are going to actively teach against the things of the Lord. Did you guys know that, by the way? Now, I, I can speak with a little bit of experience. I've got one daughter who's graduated college. I've got another daughter who's in college at Auburn. I've got another daughter who will be in college in about a year and a half, right? And so I understand how this world works. And I'm just telling you, there are professors that are going to actively question your faith. They're going to actively teach against the things of the Lord. And so this idea that you're going to be wishy-washy and kind of choose later and live for fun and seek the Lord uh, at another time in your life, that's very dangerous. In fact, I, I did a little research this week, and I've seen these numbers before, and they've been like this for a while, but depending on what study you read, somewhere between about 25% and 35% of college professors are atheists and will actively teach against faith. Here's what I mean by that. It's not just that they don't believe in Jesus. They want you to think that Jesus isn't real or that he's not uh, who he says he was or that the Bible's wrong and a whole host of other things they'll say to you. Now, students, I want you to listen to me just for a second. You're going to encounter a professor who's going to be a brilliant man or woman in his or her field. They're going to understand what they're teaching. They're going to be really smart, but they may have some sort of a grudge against, or they may not like Christianity, and so they're going to actively teach against, and they're going to say things like, well, the Bible's filled with errors, or Jesus never really claimed to be God, or they're going to have this whole list of things that they're going to rail against Christianity about. I want you to understand something. There are, listen to me now, there are answers to those questions. There are well-thought-out, reasoned, biblical answers to those questions. Now, church, we've got to be willing to walk along beside these students as they're struggling through these things. we got to be willing to talk. we got to be willing to pray. we got to be willing to make ourselves available for these students when they have that professor and they get that question, and they're not quite sure how to answer it. They don't need to run to social media for the answer. They need people that are grounded, that love them, that are willing to talk and have those difficult conversations. We need to make ourselves available. We've got to be the church. That's what I'm trying to say to you. And so I always make myself available. Student, any college, anybody really, but college students especially, if you have a professor or something that happens in a class and you're struggling, just call me. I'm happy to talk with you. I'm happy to have a conversation with you. I can put you in touch with somebody else if you're uncertain of what you believe or why you believe it. But there are answers to these questions 
We need to be mindful of the attacks of the enemy. And we've got to be willing now, we've got to be willing to seek the Lord for guidance. I'm reminded of a passage in 2 Peter chapter 3 because we hear these learned professors that argue against Christianity, argue against the things of the Bible. They may be brilliant in their field, but they're not biblical scholars and probably never really studied the original text. They probably don't know the history of Scripture, probably don't really know anything about where Scripture came from. But I'm reminded of 2 Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 3. I want you to listen to the words here. Scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, <laughs> following their own sinful desires. They will say, where is the promise of His coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlooked this fact. The King James says that they are willingly ignorant. I love that phrase. Because there are people that don't believe in Scripture because they're willingly ignorant. You say, why would somebody be willingly ignorant? Here's why. Because when somebody admits that there is a God... When somebody admits that there is a creator, when somebody admits that there is a savior, all of a sudden, guess what? That person is now accountable. And it's a lot easier for me just to kind of ignore that and pretend it doesn't exist than it is for me to say there is a creator, there is a savior, and my actions are accountable to him. People don't want to do that. And so we've got to be willing We've got to be able. We've got to be serious about our faith. We've got to be serious about seeking the Lord. We've got to be serious about listening to the Lord and not the noise of the world for our guidance. How do we know the path of life? Because the Lord has given it to us in his word. Now look again at verse 7. So I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I've set the Lord always before me because he's at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, my whole being rejoices, my flesh also dwells secure, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Right. So we're seeking the Lord's guidance. We're seeing Him as our foundation. We're listening to Him instead of the world. Truth number two, we need to find joy in the Lord's strength. We need to find joy in the Lord's strength. Look at verse 9 again. Therefore my heart is glad. My whole being rejoices. Look at verse 11, right? In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore, right? We've got to kind of find this place, students, and all of us, where our joy comes from the things of the Lord, not from the things of the world. Right? Paul said it like this in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. He says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Right? Godliness with contentment is great gain. Now, we, we live in a world where sometimes it's hard to be content. Right? Social media has kind of blown the doors off contentment. And if you're not on social media, and I know probably most of you are, but the, the problem typically with social media is that everybody puts their best foot forward, right? You put pictures of you that you really like. That's why you take 50 of them before you decide to post. How many of y'all do be real? How many of you do be real? If you're under the age of 40, yeah, just raise your hand. Come on, seriously, raise your hand if you do be real. A couple of parents. Y'all, 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 y'all kids do it, man. 
Everybody has be, be real if you don't know, and I only know because I have students, is where you, it kind of announces to you a certain time during the day, and you have to take a picture of yourself at that moment. That's how it works. You have to take a picture of yourself, and then it flips the camera, and it takes a picture of who you're with, right? Well, you would think at that point that it would just be people that are just uh, doing whatever, their hair is missing. No, no, no. The people get ready for this, right? And they redo it. You can redo be real. And so you take your picture of yourself, you know, oh, that's not good enough, do it again. Oh, that's not good enough, do it again, right? Why? Because we want the perception that we've got it all together, don't we? I want y'all to think that my life is just amazing. It's good. It's really good, right? That's, that's how I want you to think my life is. And so I change things around to make it look. So the, the pressure now is what I'm getting at of all these other people looking at it and then thinking, man, that person has got it made. Look at how beautiful she is. Look how handsome he is. Look at that car. Look at those clothes. Look at that. And everybody else thinks, well, that must be how their life is. We know they're just putting their best foot forward. So there, there's all this pressure, right? There's all this pressure to find contentment in things outside of Scripture, outside of the Word of the Lord, outside of His will for our lives. And social media just fuels that. And so, and so as, as we, we live our lives, and college especially is a big part of this, we, we've got to kind of find this place in our lives where we can find joy and hope and peace and contentment in the things of the Lord. One writer said it like this, contentment contrary to popular opinion does not be, mean being satisfied where you are. Rather, it's knowing God's plan for your life, having a conviction to live it, and believing that God's peace is greater than the world's problems. See, Paul kind of figured this out, right? If you've studied any of the New Testament, you know the Apostle Paul wrote a majority of the New Testament, right? Well-known. I mean, you got Jesus and then Paul, honestly. That's kind of, he's well-known in Scripture. And you think about a man like Paul and you think, he must have had it all together. Life must have been easy for him, man. This, this guy went through just very difficult things. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was arrested, eventually killed for his faith. But here's what Paul says in Philippians 4, beginning in verse 11. I want you to listen. He says, I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. You know, we, we had dinner with some of our uh, missionary partners this last week. Uh, and they're from Asia, and they were just talking about some of the need over there and what's going on, and, and they were talking about how persecution is just ramping up. And you think, what does that even look like there? How, how does that happen? And, and it's not the government that's doing it, right? The government isn't necessarily persecuting, but the government is allowing persecution. And so the local people persecute the Christians. They beat them. Uh, they kill them sometimes, and the government basically turns a blind eye. And so I've had conversations with these believers over the years, and I've asked them, listen, what, what is this like? Help me understand, how can I pray for you? And almost to a person, they never say, hey, we need you to pray that the Lord would remove persecution for our lives. What they ask instead is that, will you pray that the Lord will give us strength in order to be able to maintain faith through the persecution? Those are very different prayers. Very different prayers. Right? They've learned to find contentment in the things of the Lord, not in the circumstances of life. 
And we see this throughout Scripture. Right? We should find hope and peace and joy, not in the things of the world. Those things are fleeting. But instead, in the things of the Lord. Now let's wind down here, verse 11. You've made known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Right. So the guidance of the Lord, we're trusting in the Lord, we're walking in his path, we're finding joy in the Lord, we're finding contentment in the Lord, we're setting the Lord before us intentionally to learn about him, to grow in our faith. And then number three, we are entering into the presence of the Lord. Enter into the presence of the Lord. Look at verse 11 again. You make known to me the path of life. Watch. In your presence there is fullness of joy. Right, students, I, I can't uh, emphasize enough to you the importance of spending time every day with the Lord. Enter into his presence. I, I, I read a thing, it's been a while ago now, but it said something like this. The Lord gave us social media so he could one day prove to us that we really did have time to pray. It's true. You get your little thing, your little thing on, the, on your screen, that how many hours you spend every day, you know. It's kind of eye-opening what you could have been doing in that time. But there's this idea of Scripture. I mean, we should be in the presence of the Lord. So students, I want to I finish up in a few minutes. I have, and then we're going to bring them down front and have a chance to pray for them. In just a few minutes, I have students and parents. You need to understand these things because you can help these students do these. Here are some practical things you can do while in college. Students, the first one, spend time every day in God's Word. Just set your mind to the fact. Be intentional with your time. Spend time in God's Word. Doesn't have to be hours, whatever the Lord. It could be just one verse, but intentionally every day, open up God's Word, read it, allow Him to speak to you through His Word. Spend time in prayer, right? We're intentional about spending time with the Lord every day. Secondly, focus on building relationships with people that will challenge you and help you in your walk with Christ. Parents, we know this because, again, we've been down the road just a little bit longer. The people you surround yourself with matter. So students, you're about to embark on kind of a new world, a new place, a new set of friends. Guard your hearts. Be intentional. Right? Be careful with the friends that you make. Surround yourself with people that are going to challenge you and help you grow in your walk with Christ. Don't surround yourself with people that are going to pull you away from the things of the Lord. Here's the third one. And other than spending time in God's Word every day, this, in my opinion, is the most important. Amy has been teaching girls high school, Sunday school for years I've had the opportunity to counsel with college students for years, and she and I believe that other than spending time in God's Word, this is maybe the most important thing for a college student when they go to college. Number three, when you move off to college, find a local church and get involved. Parents, you need to be pushing this. Trust me. There are great organizations on campus. They're good. Be part of them. There are great things your, your student can do, extracurricular. All those things are fine. But if your student goes off to college and doesn't find a local church, they're going to struggle. 
Don't let them tell you, well, I'm going to the, I'm going to the local Bible study at the, at the Baptist College Union. That's great. I was a big part of that in college. Too. Don't let them tell you I'm doing a, a, a young life thing with my friends. That's great. Do all those things. None of those things are bad, but they need a local church. Why? Because that's the way the Lord ordained it. Like the Lord didn't say, hey, I'm going to reach the world through the BCM, Baptist Campus Ministry. The Lord said, I'm going to reach the world through the church. And when your student goes to a college campus, to a college city, and gets involved in a church, that means there are going to be pastors and leaders and teachers and adults and all sorts of different ages that are going to pour into that kid and help him or her grow in their faith. When you take that out of their life, they wander. I'm just telling you, man, I'm just telling you, take it from me. I've been there, done that with kids for many, many years. Help your student find a church. And listen, I'll even give you permission to leave here a few Sundays and go visit with them. If you really do. I see a picture of the lake, I'm calling you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, if, but if you go to church with them, we'll give, you, we'll give you permission to do that, right? Say, listen, for the first month you're down there, every Sunday I'm driving there, we're going to visit a church. Every Sunday do you find one? You should be this serious about it. I cannot emphasize this enough with you. Push this with your kid, encourage them. Here's the next one. Make a conscious choice to follow and serve the Lord every day. Right, I'm gonna do something today, Lord, to follow you. I'm gonna do something today to trust you. I'm gonna do something today to grow in my faith. And then finally, think long-term. Students, you got the rest of your life to live. Right, sometimes short-term decisions affect us long-term. You have gotta have a big picture approach to life. Really, it should be eternal, but at least it needs to be more than the next five minutes. You know what I'm saying, right? What I'm doing right now will affect me. The decisions I make in school will affect me. I'm thinking long term. Now, listen, let's be the church. Let's not just watch these kids up here this morning, clap for them and thumbs up and then get out here and never think about them again. Let's make ourselves available. Students, we want you to know that this church is filled with people that love you, first of all. We care deeply for you. We're going to be praying for you. We're going to make ourselves available for them, right, church? We're willing to talk. We're willing to share. You're like, I don't know any of these kids. I don't know. Well, if you know one, if you know their name, just make a, a, an attempt to walk up and talk to them. Tell them you love them. Tell them you pray for them. Tell them you care about them. Just make yourself available because these students are walking into a very exciting time of their life where lots of things are going to change and they need people that love them, that support them, that will walk with them, right? They need to learn to seek the Lord, to follow his guidance. They need to learn to find joy in the things of Christ and they need to spend an inordinate amount of time following trusting, living in his presence. And when they do that, God's going to use them to accomplish great things for his honor and for his glory. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for these students. Thank you for their families and the effort they've put in and, and the hard work. Father, we celebrate today. And we look ahead with enthusiasm. We look ahead, Father, to what the next several years will bring such excitement, such great opportunity, Father. I just pray that your truth would resonate in the hearts of these students, Father. They would live for you. They would trust you. They would follow you. Do great work through them, Father. Help us to be the church in their lives, to trust them more, Father, to, to walk with them, to allow them to see us living out faith in you. Father, do great things through us and through them, 
and we'll give you the praise and the honor and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.